Welcome to the Words of Heart podcast. In this episode, we dive into a topic or story pertaining to mental health. This episode is accompanied with video and audio. However you choose to listen to this episode, sit back, relax, open your hearts and minds. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. everyone. Welcome to the new season of the Words of Art podcast. I am your host, Dion Sanchez. I've been away, but I'm back now. And I can't think of a better way to kick off this season than with my special guest. For those of you who are familiar with my podcast, it's a form of acceptance and comfort and literally speaking from the heart with no judgment, no prejudice, just open form to speak your mind. And joining me today is my wonderful sister, Kayana Redman. Hi, everyone. And thank you so much, Dion, for having me. It is an absolute honor and pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you so much for your platform and what you do for so many people around the world. This is really amazing. And what an honor. Thank you, Kay. So, Kayana, you are going to push the envelope kicking off this season. So please tell my audience how you're going to push the envelope in our episode. So we are going to kind of talk about some hot button issues that, that are kind of swirling around in the media and the press these days, especially with regards to schools, um, social justice or critical race theory, what is it? Should these things be taught? What's happening? And so I will kind of dive into those ideas and give you my perspective and how I utilize social justice in my classroom. Um, not critical race theory, but we'll kind of dive into that and see, see what everyone thinks. Awesome. Let's dive in. So 
ultimately, it's so interesting because when we talk so much about social justice, it kind of has this really bad taste in people's mouth. And what's interesting is that I feel that people just don't have the right idea about what social justice is. To me, it's more of a mindset and it's more of an approach to how you look at life. It's a relationship. And a relationship can either be really healthy or it can be really unhealthy. And this relationship refers to the individual and society. How does the actual person interact with their community, their surroundings? What is it that they in tandem do together? Typically in a social justice relationship, there's four dynamics. You talk about identity, you talk about action, you talk about diversity, which is huge, and you talk about justice. And in the classroom, those things are a little different, right? When you talk about identity for kids, it's kind of like, I am thinking about myself, having pride and confidence in myself without negating or devaluing someone else. Right now, that's huge with our current climate and community. It seems that we can't like say something to someone else without or say something about ourselves without someone else feeling like they have to say something in response or combat it as if like they have to be defensive. It's like, no, I'm just saying something nice about myself and it doesn't have to take away from any of you. That's what I'm teaching my students right now. And because of our current climate, that isn't so free. I'm teaching them also about diversity, which Really, in a nutshell, diversity means unique differences. These are, these are differences that need to be embraced. Differences where everyone gets to bring their authentic self to wherever they are. To me, I'm a teacher, so I bring my authentic self to the classroom. I expect my students to do the same thing. And I have to create the community where everyone feels like they are valued and they are welcome. So with these certain types of factors in a relationship, that's what really makes it actually flourish. Here's the problem. We don't really, in our own country history, have a good relationship with identity, diversity, action, and justice. I'm gonna tell you why. When it comes to identity, in our country's history, we typically have been identified by who we are based on someone else. Does that make sense? Yes, it certainly does make sense as you're breaking it down, yes. Yeah, like so someone else, because of a situation like the indigenous tribes, like the, the Native Americans, right, back in the day, they were labeled indigenous tribes. They had no idea. They would never have categorized themselves that way. They were just themselves, right? But because the Europeans and the conquistadors came in, then they became indigenous. Right. And it was only at that point that they had a, a, a different type of identity, unlike what they were actually used to or what they would have given themselves. And so, What's interesting is that that's kind of how the majority of cultures have attained their identity through other interactions. Think about this too, Dion. 
when it comes to justice and action. Do we normally need to seek out justice because of something positive? No. No. I feel wronged. We feel like something needs to be changed. We feel like something needs to be righted or made fair. And because of that, anytime someone says something about justice or taking action, it's never positive. It is never positive. Even when it's, it's never positive. You're right. Even when it's, even when the intentions are pure. And if you think about diversity, another tenet of social justice, it's mind boggling to me because most people from our history choose to think of diversity, things that are different as bad. They want to maintain what is com comfortable and familiar to them. And if that is not happening, then you kind of get on the defense. And that's when certain decisions and thoughts and prejudice start to be made. It's like a never ending cycle. So here's the difference. This is what makes this so important. If we are able to communicate with children at such a young age about the positives action, they don't feel you can hear me? Yeah. Um you were educate you were speaking about educating children and then everything went all glitchy. But I see you, you're not frozen. If you could continue off from educating children, that would be great. So here's the thing: when we educate children, we all have positive interactions with diversity, with justice, with identity and action. So it's not diversity that's negative. It's actually, oh, I know diversity to be a good thing. Identity and knowing about yourself and others, it's not a bad thing because you have positive experiences and memories that's at a young age that continue to be added on to. It's really, it's, it's really a monumental approach to, you know what, kind of like how, how you think. Because I think that generally, Dion, people are just nice people. All right. And, but I feel like when you are someone who's like deeply within social justice, it just takes it to a different level. You care deeper. You want to do more. You go out of your way to really find the connection and the understanding of someone else Instead of just having it kind of be just general and maybe sometimes vague, like you are taking that purposeful, intentional time to be to be more authentic. And that's what we need to be teaching our kids. It's not about them. What community thrives off of you being only about yourself? That's a ridiculous um, mentality to live by. Exactly. And so, you know, not that you can't like take care of yourself and want better for yourself, you know, but like you still need other people 
And so by you learning at a young age to care about others and what they go through and how things impact them and, and in turn have them feel the same way about you, that's the only way a community actually flourishes. Ooh. A-N-K. I know. <laughs> I know. It's pretty. And it's hard because no one wants to talk about social justice these days. It's one of those terms that will just feel like, oh, it means something bad. You're trying to teach my child what to think. You're trying to change my child. And what's crazy is that that's not what social justice does at all. No. Social justice just gives kids and people an emotional intelligence. Imagine that, an emotional intelligence. We normally have like a smart intelligence. Right. But an emotional intelligence allows you to truly connect to other people. Which And studies show. Yeah. It's sorely lacking emotional intelligence in any environment. Exactly. When you can't relate to someone, when you make things all about yourself, when you don't know what other people go through or be happy for others, or when they don't have the ability to be happy for you, when you can't dialogue and critical conversations and you have to constantly want someone to think your thoughts and think your ways and not just say, you know what? I see your point of view, but I still hold on to my same views, but like, I understand yours. That is social justice. It's not, I convince you, that's not what it is. And so, so many times people think that you're, you're brainwashing my child. It's like, no, I'm teaching them to think critically, I'm teaching them to think about everything so that at the end of the day, they make their own choice. They decide. It's really, it's really such an important facet of education these days. And really honestly, just life. Absolutely. Um, okay, I hope you're still with me because you're speaking profoundly, but it's like my computer is having trouble keeping up with your awesomeness for some reason. So I hope you're still there. I can, can see, I can see you and I can hear you. Okay, I can see you too. My internet always wants to act up in the midst of this recording, but I can see you, you're blinking right now. So we're gonna keep this momentum going. Okay, so I know the Black Lives Matter movement and how it has evolved has deeply affected you um, because of your emotional ties to it. Could you share a bit as to how you feel it has grown, um, particularly in this season and perhaps your life growing up? Yeah, you know, Black Lives Matter is such a hard issue for me. Um, because being Black, I just like to live in my Blackness. <laughs> Um, and I feel like for the past six years, blackness has been under attack. It has, it has. And 
it hasn't been something that I feel like I can feel truly comfortable with being. And that has been really, that's been really hard. Um, and for me, like my blackness, I am continually discovering what that means for me. And I continue to have to fight that feeling when I, I don't wanna feel like I'm being forced to feel like being, being in living in my blackness is wrong. And so I had to struggle with being like authentically me, but being like appropriately me. And that's been hard. So two different people almost. Yeah. And at what point in time are you authentically you and are you appropriately you? And for what audience and to what avail? Like, what does that even get you? Um, and at the end of the day, I just suffer. And that's been really, that's been hard, especially when blackness has now become like political. Because here's the thing, Black Lives Matter is, Black Lives Matter is important. But I feel like society and people have conflated and confused the issues to where now they're like one thing. So if I'm just talking about living in my black girl joy, someone says, oh, that's Black Lives Matter. That is not Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is specifically an organization of people designed and working authentically to create change around the unfair policing and treatment of black people. But it's really surrounding policing and the justice of that. So it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't so much have to do with like the daily racism or the daily struggles or frustrations that comes along with being black in America about the police and to do jobs, individuals that act that way. Gotcha. I'm glad you clarified that because I thought the Black Myers movement pertained to every Black life, which obviously it does, but I feel like in correlation to what you were touching on earlier with social justice, that's in direct connection with that particular movement. You, you're more than welcome to correct me. Um, you have more knowledge on this than I do. No, you're right. It's just, it's like, unfortunately, like people hear one thing and they mix it all together. And then they hear another thing and it gets mixed all together. Um, and so like right now to say like, you know, even to utter Black Lives Matter, even to black people, you could be talking about a million different things. Because even to me, when I hear that, I think something differently than another black person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's, it's a whole different communication thread. And unfortunately, the people who are in a sense against Black Lives Matter just think one thing. Whereas the people who are saying Black Lives Matter think lots of things. So at the end of the day, it's just like, it's kind of like a lose-lose, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But the beauty is that it's actually a well 
organized organization. There's a there's foundations that have given twenty one point seven million dollars to toward grants and communities to ensure equity among among children. They have donated so many of their proceeds. They have different chapters that handle elements of like divesting from the police. Um, taking care of like COVID and individuals that are in the community. Like they, they seek to do so much more right now. They, they were mainly started for addressing the inequities with, with black police. So even that it's kind of like, oh my goodness. Well, Black Lives Matter does do more than that. It's like, yes, but that's not what it was created to do. So, it's a matter whenever someone is talking, you really have to get down to the nitty gritty of what their purpose is. So when someone says, oh my gosh, Black Lives Matter, just ask them, what does that mean to you? And in asking what that means to them, you get a sense of what their perspective is. What you assume or not what others assume, but you actually get a chance to like really figure out what's important to them. Here's why it was so crazy. I'm a part of a lot of villages, meaning I have some friends, I have friends in all walks of life. I have friends that are black, I have friends that are white, I have friends that are Hispanic, I have friends that are Indian, I have friends that are indigenous, I mean, I have friends that are gay. I mean, I, I love being around diverse people, but when it comes to Black Lives Matter, they didn't know how to interact with me. And that was hard because Black Lives Matter meant so many things to so many people. So they weren't quite sure which I agreed with. And if I was really like against police and all police, of course not. Gosh, I need those police just as much as anybody else. They weren't sure if I was against my country and if I should go back to the motherland of Africa because if I don't like it here, then I should get out. Of course not. But it made interacting with even friends really difficult. It made me question who my real village was because no one wanted to talk about it. Everyone felt like if you were talking about black issues and you were like, then you were calling them white supremacists. It's like, I'm not calling you a white supremacist. But I am trying to stop racism. Yeah. So it's like, but if we don't have the conversation, if you don't want me to be vulnerable, and if I don't want you to be vulnerable, then it really does start to impact relationships. And I feel like that's really what it did in these past six years. It impacted relationships because here's the thing, and no one is taught how to have these kind of conversations. No. In classrooms, you're not taught to have these conversations. It's 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 a tricky slope. It is a tricky slope, and I admire you so much. I mean, I'm my, I'm going I'm slightly biased because you are family, but um, even if you weren't, <laughs> even if you weren't my sister, which I would never ever fathom that thought. You're just 
such a profound and emotionally intelligent and inspiring individual and you use your knowledge in a pers in a pers positive way if that makes sense you don't you look at the root cause of it you look at both sides which i also love about you you like to look at both opposing sides and see how they're right in their own way because neither is wrong neither is right but we're all welcome to our own opinion and i just love how you like to bridge the gap when it comes to diversifying and equality and difference of opinions and I just am so glad you're sharing your knowledge with myself more and my audience um, in this episode. Thank you for that. That's really important. And I'm really glad that you touched on just the differing opinions because that's important. You don't become well-rounded if you only hear one side and if you only hear the side that you like. You know, like you become well-rounded and more educated when you can hear other people and what they, what their truth is. You know, some people come from extremely different backgrounds and for you to understand like why they make certain choices. It's like, okay, well, I kind of understand that. Now I, I don't have to be so upset with you because I, I actually took the time to figure out why you feel that way. I just think that like our community, we just need to get back to the people behind the choices. That is my ultimate wish that we get to see the people behind the choices because I feel like, you know, honestly, even for some of my friends during this time, I forgot who they were and that we were friends at some point because I was just amazed by their choices. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you saying? How are you saying these things? Why aren't you thinking about me when you're saying these things? Because if you were thinking about me, you wouldn't say these things. It's totally the wrong approach to have. And to be able to say, you know what? Please tell me what you meant by this. Like, what were you thinking? Like, what's making you feel this way? It allows me to say, oh my gosh, I had no idea it makes perfect sense why you are feeling this way. And then the person is like, but why are you against me? I'm like, I'm not against you. I love you, I see you, but because of my experience and my life and what I've gone through, I don't see things the same way. And that is the beauty of friendship. You just understand. I'm not forcing you to think the same way. And that I feel is really misunderstood by a lot of people these days. Absolutely. Um, do you think considering the conversation we're having and um, the big heart you have already, um, because of everything you just shared with me, do you think that ties into how you have such a good marriage with Mike, your husband? That is so funny. Um, it probably does. Um, <laughs> he is definitely one of a kind. And um, it's so interesting, Dion, because I feel like I've shared that like I never, like I live in my blackness, right? I am totally absorbed in who I am and my flavor and my spice and my heritage 
And for my husband to be white was a little bit of a shock to me. <laughs> but not a shock in the sense of, oh my goodness, I wouldn't imagine my life any other way because he is the most amazing person I've ever met. And, and deny our color. That's one important thing. Like he better see me as black and I see him as white. You know, there's no, oh, I see us the same. No, no, no. I need you to accept me in my fullness because I accept him and his heritage and where he comes from and his life experience. And I think in the beginning, it was funny because he's also in education. So it's kind of like, we kind of like know what we want. We know like the positive ways to think. So I think Dion, the whole time that we were like dating and, and engaged, I think that we were comfortable with each other in terms of, dude, you know you're white? Yeah, do you know you're black? Yeah. Okay, is that, are we settled? Like, is that fine? Are we good? You know, like, I felt like we were comfortable, but not everyone else around us was. And that was really, I feel like where we had more of our struggles trying to convince others that this was a good thing, that like love is at the forefront and at the core of this. Um, there were times though that we did not agree on or like see eye to eye and, and things that like, you know, oh my gosh, she used to always tell me that I used to always have these like invisible like picket signs. Like I would be like protesting something like every day, whether it would be like, oh my gosh, did you see that person? And the way that person like, you know, handled this customer and, you know, like, if that was a white person, that would be so different. And, and he would be like, can you please put your little Okay, uh, like, you repeat that? Cause you're frozen up on me. I taught him about something. It's called bulls. When we go into this place, I want you to put your black goggles on. Okay, can you repeat that? Can you hear me? Yes, um, goggles. Can you um, repeat that one more time? Oh my gosh, yeah. I taught him about black goggles. And black goggles is the ability to put yourself in a black person's shoes and see things the way they see things. And so there are so many times where he was like, oh my gosh, did you see that? And I'm like, yeah, I saw that. I saw it before you saw it. But he's like, I was never aware. And when people tried to like tell me, I dismissed it. Like, oh no, like they're looking for trouble or they're looking for this. He was like, this really exists. Different levels of treatment do exist. Privilege does exist. And I'm like, yeah, and you're white and you're privileged. So what are you gonna do about it? He's like, I'm going to use my privilege for, for good. I'm going to use my privilege to benefit others because I do recognize that I am sometimes in a position better than others. And he's like, I didn't make it way. I wasn't trying to make it that way. Because the system is this way, 
and I can't really help the system, let me use the system to everyone's advantage. And you know, I love that about him. Social justice, thinking about others, action, justice, equity, making sure that you are making an impact on someone else in a way sometimes they can't make it for themselves. Recognizing your identity and, and what you possess. And it's great because now, you know, we talk about our uniquenesses and our diversity all the time. And I value him for who he is and he values me for who I am. And we actually help other couples navigate their interraciality, if you will. Um, and we give them, you know, advice on how we've been able to navigate and the realness. We just have to be real. Like we, we have to talk about race and racism and white supremacy and prejudice. We talk about it because that's our reality. Like we have to deal with the fact that like we didn't create it. I didn't create black. I didn't create what it means that way. I didn't, I didn't create what it means to be white. Like I didn't create that, neither did he. But we're still like living and functioning in it. We gotta talk to him. He's great. He's awesome. Love you, Mike. He <laughs> <laughs> He's probably in the back with Sonia. So my awesome sister. To all my listeners, we have a new icebreaker game and icebreaker question for this season. And I give my sister a heads up so she can be prepared. But since I'm nice, I'm going to start with the icebreaker question instead of the game. <laughs> if you had to come up with a title for your life right now, what would it be? Probably, this girl is on fire. <laughs> I would totally name that my book oh, because I just feel like, not, not that honestly, not that on fire is a good thing. Like I could be like burning my drawers off, right? <laughs> but, but it could also be like, I'm like doing it and I'm like being amazing and I'm trailblazing. Like, I feel like as a wife, a mother, a, you know, being a part of the diversity community, like and everything that I'm doing, a teacher, like I'm on fire, <laughs> whether it's good or bad, um, but I'm leaning into all of it and I'm loving all of it. What about you? What would your title be? My title, which many of you are familiar with this phrase or mantra that I have plastered all over my social media, is to be a warrior for change through the power of my words. Um, my sister's fully aware of my journey, as are some of you to some extent, the emotional and drastic health changes I've had to um, succumb to being diagnosed with diabetes in the midst of this pandemic, having to be able to survive being diabetic while this virus could potentially kill us because there was no vaccine at the start of 2020 at that time. 
Um, we're coming into two years into this, which means I'm soon to be coming up on two years of being with diabetes. So being able to survive all of that, maintain going to school and having a nice, awesome job now. Shout out to my sister for hooking me up. <laughs> um, I think a warrior um, really embodies where my life is at right now. And it's really something God has placed on my heart. Um, when I got diagnosed, I didn't know specifically how that word applied to me, but he strongheartedly knew what my season was gonna be like. So I feel like a warrior for change um, symbolizes who I am, what I am and where my life is at right now. You know, that's so beautiful because also when I think of warriors, I feel that warriors rise to the different occasions that they're thrown, right? And you just never are always comfortable in your surroundings. And either way, you still have to respond and react and you have to honestly do a damn job, you know, because like you're a warrior, like it's either you or nothing. So um, I feel like you have definitely risen to all the different occasions and expectations that have kind of been like placed on you and you've done it amazingly and you've been able to you know even so much as have this platform arise out of kind of like the ashes of what it was that you went through you know so it's really commendable because you are a true warrior, like in spirit and in truth. So you were so right about that. Thank you, Kay. So we are on to this icebreaker game, which you've been nervous about all week. All week. <laughs> all right. So I am going to find my handy dandy timer here. The new icebreaker game, everyone, is called Song Association. I feel like it's the perfect game. My podcast is called Words of Heart, so words should play a factor here. This game is where I say a word, and my guest, which is also happened to be my sister in this awesome new season, she has to come up with a song or a lyric pertaining to that word. So let's say the word is apple. She has to come up with a song title that either has Apple in the title or in the lyrics. So there's a loophole. If the word is in the lyrics, then you get a pass. However, there is a hunch. You don't get the luxury of time. You get 15 seconds to come up with a word based off the word I give you to either come up with a song associated with that word in the title or the lyrics. So, Kayana, your first word, your first word is heart. Me and my broken heart. I need a little love in the knife. Only so I'm not falling apart. <laughs> awesome. And you did it before the timer oh went off. Awesome. See, and you were worried. Well, there's this one, the first one. There's more. 
Yes, there is. There is two more words. So I don't drive mm -hmm. my sister crazy. <laughs> All right, the next one, the next word is sister. Hey, sister, so sister. No, I, I, I totally beat it. I totally beat it. <laughs> you were so close, but it went off. No I, way. I can't. I said, hey, sister, so sister. It beeped. <laughs> it beeped before you got to the sister. <laughs> Give me those points. It took me a long time to think of Lady Marmalade. I know, and that's our sister's song. I am sorry. I'm not sorry. Give me the points. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully this next word doesn't take you too long because being the massive fan that you are when it comes to this particular music, you should get this next one no problem. Great. All right, your final word, which is a perfect wrap up to this awesome conversation we're having is, hmm, I actually come up with a different word. Now nah, I'm just kidding. Come on, don't give me the word. <laughs> your word is survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna stop. I'm a survivor. Awesome. I love that. That was so much fun. And you thought it was going to be difficult. Well, the second one was, you said sister, and you didn't even give me the credit. You're going to be hearing about this after this podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, well, thank you, Kay Anna, for joining me for this first episode of season three can't think Thank of a better so person to kick off this season well it was definitely an honor thanks for letting me share a little bit about what's important to me thank you for just your words your warriorism and your vivacity that you are just such an amazing person and creative in this way and just thank you for this time no problem, sis. Ah, to all my listeners, thank you for tuning in to this new season of the Words of Heart podcast. There's amazing episodes in store, and I can't wait for you guys to check them out. So for all of you who are wondering, how do I listen to Words of Heart? Can I get it on the moon? I will tell you how you can get it on the moon, but I don't have NASA contact, so it's not on the moon yet. But the other ways you can listen to it, if you are on Facebook, you can listen to it on the Facebook page called Words of Heart Podcast, where you will see this video interview and so many others. But hey, I don't like Facebook, that is okay. There's another device called YouTube which is plathered all over the internet as well. 
you can also check out my video interviews on YouTube under the same name, Words of Heart Podcast. And of course, this audio interview as well, which you can hear on Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. If this episode resonated with you in any way, share it, like it, subscribe, comment, have it be sent to the moon. I'm sure it's possible in the year 2050 for this podcast to reach the far reaches of the galaxy. So however you choose to share it, please do. And to every single one of you, first off, thank you for tuning in to this brand new season of the Words of Heart podcast and stay healthy, stay safe. Don't be afraid to speak your mind. And until next time, bye. Thank you.